We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in Nashville. The best burgers in Nashville, huge selection of German beers and worsts. Definitely make it your next stop for a meal out in East Nashville. And we're partnered with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports as well. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello, putting last week's game in the toilet and flushing it Here now to preview the upcoming Monday night matchup with the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to, as you said, flush that performance against the Giants. We've got a great guest on today, friend of the pod, Joe Marino, who joined us last year uh, to preview the same Bills game. Uh, So Joe's going to come in here and deliver some excellent insight into the Bills offense, defense, coaching changes, rush plan, you name it. We're going to talk it all with Joe. Uh, As you said, good time to flush it out and get ready for the second game. All right, then. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's welcome Joe into the program. He is the host of the Locked On Bills podcast. You can also find him on Draft Dudes with the Draft Network. Joe Marino, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Obviously excited for Monday Night Football between the Bills and Titans. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. We're going to get started here. Obviously, these two teams are coming off very different Week 1 results. The Bills blowing out the Rams in SoFi Stadium. The Titans taking a home loss to the Giants in the final seconds of the game. But I want to ask what you saw first from the Bills in terms of the offensive coordinator change. Obviously, with uh, Brian Dayball beating the Titans as the Giants head coach now, with Ken Dorsey taking over the play calling in Buffalo. Did you see anything that felt super different or do you think the bills are trying to run mostly the same system maybe get a little more creative in certain areas what are, what's your read on the bills office of coordinator change yeah it's it's been pretty interesting because that's one of our main questions coming into the season is what does this offense look like and shifting from ken dorsey to or shifting from brian dable to ken dorsey you didn't know what you were going to get especially because ken dorsey was josh allen's uh, quarterbacks coach for the last three years It was the guy he handpicked to be Brian Dable's replacement. And it was a matter of, is this going to be Brian Dable's offense or is it going to look different? Well, through one week, and I guess also factoring in what we've seen at training camp and preseason, it's not Brian Dable's offense. There's a lot of newness to it. And conceptually, there's still a lot of 11 personnel and some four wide receiver stuff. But you saw a lot of two back stuff and a lot of two tight end stuff from Ken Dorsey that we never really saw from Brian Dayball. And I think this is part of the Bills evolution now that they have a quarterback like a Josh Allen that uh, is going to command a lot of zone coverage and really testing his willingness to be patient. You know, you kind of have to adopt a little or adapt a little bit and set yourself up in ways to win differently. And sometimes that means some quick game and running the football and being a little bit more patient with your opportunities to work the ball down the field. And I think from a personnel standpoint, from a Josh Allen trigger standpoint in terms of his time to throw against the Rams was much quicker than we saw with Brian Dable. I think you have seen some evolution already as Ken Dorsey has taken over this offense in terms of play calling and design. 
I think Titans fans are probably heading into this one, Joe, looking for some sort of advantage. And it, and it may not exist in all honesty. And, and I mean that both from an on-field standpoint, but also a preparation standpoint, point, right? Like, let's not forget uh, the Bills are coming home here to play a, a home opener uh, on Monday Night Football primetime. You assume they're going to be fired up. They've also had extra days of rest, right, to sit and prepare for the Titans, which, uh, you know, typically speaking, is a pretty big advantage in this league. I was at least wondering if the Titans were going, if they were going to find anything they could grab onto in terms of a preparation standpoint, trying to eliminate that disadvantage as well. They probably spent a lot of time watching Buffalo's offense last year, preparing Mm -hmm. for their week one game against the Giants, right? Knowing that Brian Dable uh, was going to be the head coach. And I I would, part of me almost wonders if they watched more Bills tape than Giants tape, right? Knowing that the the concepts were going to look totally different from last year from the Giants perspective. Uh, But it sounds like Ken Dorsey has switched things up um, quite extensively here. There's probably not much to be found there from watching uh, last year's Bills tape. Well, I, I would say there's nothing to glean from it. I mean, obviously, you do have a fair amount of carryover um, in coaches and personnel. But, yes, I, I do think it does look different. You're seeing a zone, more of a zone-based rushing attack. You have a couple of new starters on the offensive line. You, you have Gabriel Davis now as the number two as opposed to, like, the number four receiver. There, There's no Cole Beasley, right? It's kind of this, this platoon between Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder in the slot. Um, it just, it does look different and there is some new pieces. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot that they can glean, but it's certainly not a one for one. And what's interesting about the Titans and bills is it feels like they play every year, right? I mean, when was the last time these two teams didn't play and I, Titans have won the last two, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, there's whether, you know, it, maybe not just the offense, but the defensive side of things too, is there's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of commonality between these two teams because they have played so frequently over the last several years. Third straight year, they're playing each other. Third straight year, it's in prime time. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. and you mentioned that familiarity. I was going to bring up the Titans last season had what felt like a really good game plan defensively for stopping the Bills' offense, dropping into a lot of two-shell looks, forcing Mm -hmm. Josh Allen to be patient. You mentioned the quick game. You mentioned that patience. Do you think that that approach will still work for the Titans' defense now that Ken Dorsey has implemented some of these new elements and Josh Allen himself looks to have taken yet another step forward as a quarterback? Do you think they can bait him into those throws that caused interceptions last year when he wasn't being patient? Or has this offense evolved to the point where that kind of defense is no longer as effective? Well, I think I think Josh has um, evolved a lot in his ability to to play against defenses like that. And Tennessee last year was kind of um, a continuation of what he saw late in 2020, and then you know a bit of an adjustment early in 2021. Um, and then the Bills' offense kind of hit the hit their stride kind of towards the the back 30 percent of the schedule. Um, but if if I'm Tennessee, I, I feel good about. A couple of things. First of all, that guy, Jeffrey Simmons up front, right? He's a real problem. And so you'd like his ability to dictate some matchups up front and really challenge, uh, you know, Roger Saffold and, and Mitch Morse and, and Ryan Bates up front. He's one of the best defensive linemen of the game. And so while you want, from a Bills perspective, Josh Allen to be patient, you know, you do have that guy to deal with. Oh, by the way, a couple of ball hawks in the middle of the field and Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. And so as I, would look for optimism from a Titans perspective. It's that I do have a blue chip player up front in Jeffrey Simmons and a couple of ball Hawks on the back end. 
And, you know, the, the margins can be slim in the NFL. Um, and if you can get a takeaway, right, uh, Kevin Byard's picked off Josh Allen before. Um, if you can set yourself up to get some takeaways, you know, that's going to be a big part of the recipe for Tennessee on Monday night. One thing I'm curious about with this Bills offense, Joe, is obviously the Titans had struggles uh, defending the run on Sunday against the Giants, right? Saquon Barkley exploding for 18 carries for 164 yards and a touchdown. That's good for 9.1 yards per carry. Um, Do you think, and again, it's obviously early with Ken Dorsey, but do you think the Bills have it in them, so to speak, to stay committed to the run when they know they've got a horse at quarterback and, and, and B, does it even matter? Right. Could, could they just go into this and say, well, we're confident we can throw over anybody we, you know, we want, so we don't have to stay committed to the run. Well, the bills don't have Saquon Barkley. Let's, let's go ahead and, and establish that. I mean, that guy's different, right. In terms of size, power, elusiveness. I mean, there's few people physically like a Saquon Barkley and the bills can't challenge you with that type of a back. Um, but I will say that I, I think the bills will I don't know that they're going to lean into the run game a ton. You know, I think that it will be part of what they do, uh, but this still is a Josh Allen football team. And and I think they want him throwing the ball a, a fair amount, right? I think probably a 60, 40 split type situation. And it just depends on game strip script, right? I'm, I mean, obviously that's going to skew a little bit if games are lopsided in either direction, but I still think the bills are going to be a pass aggressive team. I think they want to run the ball effectively when they need to, to complement what they can do throwing the football. Uh, but I still think this team's bread and butter is going to be Josh Allen throwing the ball to wide receivers. Yeah. We'll see how the Titans defense can, can stack up on that side of the ball, but flipping things around to the Titans offense, I think there was a little bit of concern about Buffalo's secondary coming into the season with Tredavious White still recovering with Kyer Elam battling the, the sixth round pick for the starting job on the other side of the field. Dane Jackson getting in the mix as a starter now. Are you still feeling like the Bills secondary could be a concern after last week's dominating win, or is this an area the Titans can look to exploit? What do you think? Well, they certainly passed their first test going up against Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and, and Allen Robinson and Sean McVay and, and that passing offense from, from the Rams, and that was one of the big question marks was how, did the, how does this relatively inexperienced Bills cornerback room fair in this matchup where you're starting a seventh round pick in Dane Jackson, who got some valuable playing time after Trey White got hurt last year, um, but still has a lot to prove in the league. And then, like you mentioned, a couple of, of rookies platooning opposite of him in Kyer Elam and Christian Benford. And and they've all they've all held their own. And so, so far, so good. Uh, if I'm a Titans offensive coach, I'm certainly thinking about ways that I can stress them and challenge them. Here's what I will say, though, in, in the Bills schematically on defense, they have lots of good players. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but it really is about the scheme. It it really is about the scheme and how they space the field. And they've got really, really strong coverage linebackers and safeties in, in Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. And then of course, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who is, you know, really a phenomenal safety tandem. And because of what they can do with those players, it really forces opponents to, to, to have to make, low percentage throws outside the numbers, right? So if you can make those throws continuously, you're going to find success against the Bills. But what we've learned watching McDermott, and I wouldn't say just back to 2017 in Buffalo, go back to this entire run in Carolina. It's about what you have in the middle of the field and how you can space the field to force throws that are to areas of the field that are hard to complete. And more times than not, the scheme is going to win because you have to be able to do it over 
and over and over again. And so that's where you where, where you've seen McDermott throughout his career really find success with underwhelming talents at quarterback, whether it's been a Josh Norman, who was a mid round or not even a late round pick out of coastal Carolina, very poor athlete, you know, finding success in that scheme or, you know, like a Dane Jackson, a seventh round pick kind of just late round guys. It's been his MO throughout his career because I do think he's got a really good scheme that allows his guys to, to stay leveraged, space the field and, and force quarterbacks to work the ball outside the numbers. And, and sometimes it's hard to very continuously find completions to that area of the field. And so it's going to come down to how how can Todd Downing, as the offensive coordinator for the Titans, create opportunities for the Bills to uh, get out of position, which is tough because they're a pretty disciplined group. But outside of that, like where can you go after matchups and, and get the Bills into situations where maybe you have a better player and the scheme can't win out? And I think that comes from being quick uh, with your decisions and and being willing to test coverage quick. Um, in using guys like a Traylon Burks, and I know that he's rookie, uh, a rookie and all that, but from a size and athleticism perspective, you you probably like your chances there, kind of involving him and, and getting guy getting the ball to players quick, and you know relying on the Bills to make tackles and see if they can consistently tackle, right? So that's kind of your counterpunch to that. But the Bills are really sound, sound scheme wise, despite um, maybe not having the the caliber of players you, you would expect for a top tier defense to have outside with Tredavious White being on the pup and working in some inexperienced players, you know, while he's uh, not around. And Burks had some success on Sunday, worth noting, right? Three catches for 55 yards in his debut. Probably should have should have played a few more snaps than he did, and, and that's something to monitor Monday. Uh, one final question for you, Joe, before we get into our final predictions here. Uh, Derrick Henry had a fair amount of success against the Bills last year. Now, they bottled him up for some instances, but he did hit that one big like yeah. 75, 80-yard touchdown, whatever it was, that, that kind of uh, skewed that game in the Titans' favor. Um I, I certainly don't think the Bills went out this offseason and said, we have to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, but there was seems to be an emphasis on getting some bigger bodies in the middle, yeah. right? They did get a little stouter on run defense. They added Tim Settle. They added former Titans, Daquan Jones uh, in the off. Both of those guys are essentially run stoppers who don't offer a ton against the pass. So uh, did you see that sort of uh, effort to, to, st- to try to stop the run against the Rams? And do you think that was the line of thinking behind adding guys like Settle and Daquan? Well, yeah, the Bills completely reworked their defensive tackle room. Uh, the only guy from last year that's back is that Oliver. The other three players in that in that position group are, are different. Uh, with Jordan Phillips as well to go with Settle and and, and Daquan Jones. Of course, Von Miller up front, who's uh, yeah, he's known for his pass rush, but don't sleep on his ability to shoot gaps and play the run as well. He's a smart football player. Uh, I do think that the Bills have recognized their need to become a more consistent run defense. And it wasn't like, like you mentioned, Justin, it's not always been that they just get gashed. It's that they allow the big one. And and that I would say with Derrick Henry specifically, that's a, that's a, that's a good microcosm of where, Hey, you kind of bottle bottom up for maybe 15 or 20 carries, but then he ripped one for 75 and the bills have fallen into that with Leonard Fournette or Damian Harris last year that, that, that has popped up. Um, and so I think that's where they needed to find a little bit more consistency is how do you eliminate some of those moments where you get gashed and, and rip off the big, the big run. And so I do think the revamped defensive tackle room specifically is going to help with that. And just an understanding that when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen and, and an explosive offense that can score a lot of points, teams are going to want to play clock control and try to keep Josh Allen on the sideline. And that comes from being able to sustain drives through running the football and, and, kind of kind of uh, playing games that way. And um, 
I think the Bills recognize that. And so not only do they want to be able to not get gashed with the level of consistency that it seemed to happen last year, but also just an awareness to the style of games that you're going to get into with teams like the Titans and the Colts and all the teams in the Bills division, the AFC East are kind of this run heavy, right? What you think about the Patriots and then you've got the Shanahan disciples in, in Dallas, or excuse me, in Miami and in, in New York. So you're just going to see a lot of running the football. And so I think it's been an awareness of a lot of things and so far so good. They held the Rams to under three yards of carry um, on 18 rushes. And, and, you know, that was a strong showing, but obviously uh, Derek Henry's a little bit, a little bit different uh, of, of a type of back than, you know, Daryl Henderson and, and Cam Akers who couldn't pass block. So he didn't get a whole lot of opportunity in that game. I got a quick follow-up for you, Joe, on Von Miller, if you don't mind. I, I had meant to ask it earlier and you just had the light bulb go on in my mind. Uh, two, two sacks, right? His debut as a Buffalo Bill spent the majority of his time uh, lining up across the left tackle, right? And really, really handed Joe Noteboom uh, the business uh, on Thursday night. Is that something, and I'm referring specifically to him lining up across the left tackle, is that something yeah. you expect them to continue doing with him? Because as I enter this Titans matchup, you obviously have got a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle at times in, in Taylor Lewan, and then a rookie right tackle in Nicholas Petit-Friere. Yeah, you'd, you'd be pretty silly if you're the Bills to not give Vaughn some opportunities to rush off the other side. And what that's that was a big storyline coming into the season was, you know, Von Miller as a primarily before this year, he's been a, a left defensive end, right? Um, and the Bills play Greg Rousseau, their first round pick out of Miami last year. He's a left defensive end. And so how were those guys going to work together when they've primarily been left side players? Well, um, you so far, you've seen an example of the Bills primarily using Von Miller on the right side. And I think it's because they like that matchup with no boom more than they did the, the Havenstein matchup. Obviously, Rob Havenstein, a high quality right tackle for uh, the Rams, but I think you're going to see the bills willing to move him around. And this is a really good example of, Hey, uh, they got a, a, a rookie over there. We got Von Miller. Let's uh, let's let him rush from that other side a little bit more this time around. It's exactly what I expected because I think a lot of Titans fans were, were saying, Oh, you know, he rushed over the left side and I was going, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was a better matchup on that side against the Rams, right? The better matchup against the Titans is going to be on the right side. And we know Vaughn is capable of rushing from any side, anywhere, at any time. Uh, future Hall of Fame player. Obviously a huge challenge for the Titans. Joe, we want to thank you for your time and wrap up with one last question here about how you kind of see this game unfolding. What do you think the flow of this game is like? Maybe what comes, like what will be the deciding factor in the fourth quarter here? And maybe if you feel up to it, a score prediction? Well, I you have to like where the bills are at entering this game, but you know, like I've, we said in our pre-show conversation, I mean, humility in the NFL is one week away, right? So the bills are obviously feeling really good. They went out West, the, the, the Rams hung their Super Bowl banner. And then, you know, the bills took it to them on the field with 31 yeah. to 10 win. Let's on it. Let's be honest. It probably could have been a little bit more lopsided if the bills didn't have some turnovers, some weird turnovers in that game. And you're facing a Titans team that, Lost to the Giants at home. That was not a, a result I think anyone expected. You know, if I'm not mistaken, the the Bills played Tennessee last year, kind of coming off. Was it a loss to the Jets or something like that? You know what I mean? So the Titans have not been immune to some of those clunker games, but we know what this team has been under Mike Vrabel, right? They're continuously. I mean, how many how many times have won the division in a row? I mean, they, they there's a there's a sample size of success here that tells us this team's going to be a lot better than they were 
against the Giants. And so, you know, you almost you almost from a Bills perspective, you almost kind of hate it that they kind of got they were let down in week one. Let's face it. They're going to be a hungry team that wants to avenge that loss. And, you know, obviously they'd love nothing more to avenge their loss by spoiling the bills home opener on Monday night football. And I think Mike Vrabel has done as good a job as any coach in the league at creating an us against the world mentality. And what better stage than, Hey, we just lost at home to the giants. Let's go kick the bills ass in Buffalo and prove to everybody that, you know, we are still one of the best teams, in the AFC. So uh, you don't want to lose in week one of the Giants. But if there's anything that I would cling to for some hope from the Titans perspective, it is that right, that you can you can kind of manufacture some uh, manufacture a chip on your shoulder. Is that going to be enough, guys? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the Bills, I think, are a, a team that in, in a lot of ways can overmatch Tennessee um, and stress them in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously, if Derrick Henry can go out and just control this game and, and, you know, steal the bill's soul. That's going to be your script with, with obviously some of that opportunistic defense that we talked about with, you know, and I, I should have mentioned Bud Dupree as well, you know, another uh, top tier defensive player, guy that can get after the quarterback. And, you know, you do have some more ball Hawks in the back end. And I think you count on that. I, I mean, I, I'm buying into the bills being able to handle this game, but Tennessee's won the last two against Buffalo and, um, They've got a formula that's tried and true here under Mike Vrabel. So, uh, look, I I think the Bills are going to win this game, but I I think there is definitely a path for Tennessee as well. Nice. Yeah, that's what Titans fans want to hear, just the path, because after this last week's game, you know, finding that path might be a little more difficult for Titans fans to envision, but I do think it is there. Joe, thank you so much for your time, for joining the show, for your insight here. We really appreciate it and wishing you best of luck this season. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks again to Joe Marino for his thoughts there. Before we get into our own preview, let's talk a little bit about the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in Nashville. Ultimately, it's just the best spot to go for a burger when you're feeling down about your Titans losing and trying to get amped back up, getting a good mood for this Monday night matchup. Honestly, the thing that puts me in a good mood, a good burger, a great beer, in a cool environment, an awesome place for families and big groups. I just can't wait to get to Nashville and get back to the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden because it's been too long for me living out here in California. I'll tell you one thing. The pharmacy has enough beer to make you forget about that Sunday performance against the Giants. You can run through all their selection of beers before you get onto a second of the same. And by then, I promise you, you will have forgotten that performance against the Giants. Head over to the pharmacy, grab a burger, grab a brew. Do me a favor if you're there. Get the tater tots. It's the best side on the menu. And tell them the Music City Audible sent you because they will appreciate it and so will we. All right, let's get into this game now. We heard from Joe there. Lots of reasons this game could go either way. And it's something we talked about on last week's podcast. You know, even if the Titans may not be seen as as talented as the Bills or not as the better team, like anything can happen in the NFL. It's a game of very small margins. I think the Titans stand as good a chance to win this game as they would against any team because, like Joe said, I trust Mike Vrabel. I trust the culture of winning. And they've done it against Buffalo in the past. Those were different teams, of course, the offense is very different, but the defense this year is arguably better than the one that shut down Josh Allen last year, arguably better than the one that shut down Josh Allen in that weird COVID game two years ago when Malcolm Butler was still snagging interceptions and taking them to the house. I like the Titans' chances to keep this game close and competitive because Mike Vrabel coming off a loss, 
is one of the better coaches in the NFL. And granted, a lot of those games off a loss have not been against what everyone is picking to be the Super Bowl favorite, which is where the Bills are right now. But overall, I think the Titans will have a good enough game plan. I trust what they do on defense when they make these specific game plans for good quarterbacks. We've seen it against Matthew Stafford in the Rams last year, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. They played a lot of good quarterbacks last year, and they played them really well. So I think... What it really comes down to is can they execute a game plan that contains Josh Allen's explosiveness, both with his feet and when he's outside the pocket looking downfield to make those huge plays that we saw on Thursday night against the Rams. Can the Titans contain them enough? That'll be the big question. I'll say you're more optimistic than I am, and that's not unusual, um, you know, for, for, I've been called a Debbie Downer before, but uh, Joe Rexrode from the athletic wrote, wrote a great article, you know, taken away from that giants game. One line really stuck with me and it, it's kind of harsh and and fans may not want to hear it. um, But I'm going to read it out here from Joe Rexrode's article on the athletic. Uh, When the most encouraging thing about a team's bad performance is the fact that a previous more talented version of itself bounced back from similar performances the team might have an issue. And, and, and I'm kind of worried that that's where we're at with this Titans team. Look, it would be very Tennessee Titans-like to go out and win this game, right, after they, you know, they did it last year a bunch of times when they lost to the New York Giants, or sorry, the New York Jets, that is, and then beat the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams and lost to the Houston Texans and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, Titans team has done that a lot uh, recently. And if they do it on Monday, we'll probably kick back our feet and say, same old Titans, you never know who they're going to beat, you never know who they're going to lose to. I'm not there yet. I'm not there uh, after that Sunday loss to say that this is going to be the same. I think Buffalo's got too many horses. I don't know how they contain Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, Joe said it. You, you better apply pressure to Josh Allen. And I like some of those matchups up front. Like, I like Jeffrey Simmons against the interior D-line. I like, uh, you know, maybe Bud Dupree against uh, a starting right tackle for them, Spencer Brown, right, who's a sophomore small schooler who was battling a back injury um, for most of the offseason. Heck, I like Rashad Weaver against Spencer Brown. I really like Jeffrey Simmons against Roger Saffold if, if they try to get him some looks there against the left guard. So there are things I like, but ultimately I, I think Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, even Gabriel Davis on occasion. Dawson Knox, who's a really good tight end, big for them in the red zone last year. We didn't really see him uh, much against the Rams, uh, at least from a productive standpoint, where they were really targeting Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. I just think this Buffalo offense probably has too many horses up front. And then I also worry defensively. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, the version of the Titans offense I saw against the Giants, it's a little too similar to last year's version where wasn't very good, right? I mean, it was good in spurts, a lot of errors, uh, you know, shot themselves in the foot on a couple of drives, questionable play calling, even more questionable execution. Ultimately, you scored 20 points, right, against a bad Giants team. You had trouble converting in the red zone. That's not going to be good enough against a Bills defense that looked really good against the Rams. And not, not it wasn't an unexpected level of good. I know there were some questions in the secondary there, but Joe talked about the scheme, talked about the, that defensive line, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epineza, Ed Oliver, Boogie Basham. Huge test, right, for guys like Aaron Brewer and Nicholas Petit-Friere who are still sort of uh, untested, right? And you're certainly still finding out a lot about them. You're going to find out a lot about the Monday against the Bills, right? Then you go into the secondary with guys like Jordan Poyer and, and Dane Jackson, a great linebacker play from Matt Milano. Um, 
I, I can figure out where the Titans can win occasionally on defense in this game, as I just ran through, but I don't think they can win consistently defensively with all the horses Buffalo have on offense. And then uh, I really, really, really struggle uh, to see where they win offensively. Yeah, I think this is one of those games that comes down to players making individual plays, and it's going to be a lot on the Titans' defensive coaches to come up with a scheme that can contain Josh Allen, like I just said. It's going to be up to the the offensive coaches to find those mismatches when they can and exploit them. And the Titans players on offense are just going to have to make big plays. Traylon Burks is going to have to make a catch and break a tackle and bust one. Derrick Henry is going to have to gallop through the line and shed a couple linebackers or a safety and get down the field. Kyle Phillips is going to have to use his quickness to make plays happen and keep moving the chains. Like These are the things that if the Titans players don't step up and make big time plays, that's when they're really going to struggle. And I don't know if we saw enough times where Titans players made big time plays against the Giants. I think that's ultimately why they didn't pull that game out is because in those biggest moments, they didn't execute the way they needed to, even though I will say they drove down and got themselves in range to kick a 47 yard field goal. But everything that happened before that with the offense stalling out, not converting those third downs that could have iced the game away. That's when you need somebody to step up and make a play and it didn't happen. And on the same same time in the like on the defensive side of the ball you had guys stepping up making plays throughout the game until the end when it really really mattered you know you had Jeffrey Simmons getting in the backfield you had the strip sack you had Rashad Weaver getting getting to the quarterback you had Amani Hooker make a perfect read on a bad Daniel Jones pass to jump in front of Barkley and get an interception in the end zone but when it really mattered, when you could have tackled Saquon Barkley in the backfield on a two-point conversion when you could have got a stop there in the in the red zone that would prevent the Giants from being able to tie or take the lead. They couldn't come up with those stops. So can they do it against a much better Bills team with this week of preparation and kind of reeling from what happened in a game that they blew a 13-point lead and should have probably won? I mean, could have won with a 47-yard field goal? That's what it comes down to. Make the plays when it's time to make them, and the Titans can win this game. Let the Bills drive down the field, but get a stop in the red zone, and you can win this game. Get in the red zone and convert when you're there, and you can win this game. It's possible, but yeah, the Bills may be the best team in the league. It's going to be really tough. Do you have a score prediction? I do. Uh, I'm going uh, Bills 27, Titans 17. Okay, I like that. I was going to go Bills 24, Titans 21. I am going to predict the Bills win. Hopefully we're both eating our words on Monday night because it would be really rough for this Titans team to start the season 0-2 with the Raiders and the Colts the next two games on the schedule. You're looking 0-4 dead in the face potentially. That would derail the season for this team and they'd be fighting for a wild card spot for the rest of the way. They got to pull out this win to you know keep themselves afloat in the playoff race it's hard to say that in week two but the afc is so competitive and so many good teams that are going to be pushing for a playoff spot you know you're lucky you look around the league teams like the the Bengals lost because and the and the division all lost because without those types of results happening you know early in the you year you had a tie you, with the colts and Texans. yeah exactly none of the division teams have a win so that's that helps a little bit but titans can pull this one out and put themselves in a pretty good position to you know remain competitive in the afc or they can let this slip away and face a pretty much must-win situation in week three um which you never want to be in that early in the season no i ultimately agree that you've got some margin for error luckily with this division uh probably not going to be very strong again i don't think anyone should be 
overly fearful of what you saw Sunday from the Colts or the Texans or the Jags. But 0-2 in the NFL is a really bad place to be. It's a really bad place to be. So you don't want to be there. Unfortunately for the Titans, they put themselves in this position where in order to avoid that 0-2 start, uh, you got to go out and, and probably beat the best team in the NFL in the Buffalo Bills. All right. Well, that'll do it here for this episode. I want to remind everyone again to check out the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in East Nashville. Take your family there. You know, you don't have to worry about keeping your eye on a on a television this Sunday because the Titans are, are not playing until Monday night. So maybe it's a great day to have a nice lunch or dinner Sunday. Pharmacy, burger, parlor, and beer garden. I think everyone should probably check it out and let them know Music City Audible sent you. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. Make sure you're following me at Titans Film Room. We will be back next week to recap this Bills matchup. We'll probably drop this recap episode sometime on Tuesday because the game is not till Monday night. So a little bit later drop date for this one. Both of us working on Tuesday. So probably a Tuesday night release for the Bills recap. But then we'll be right back with you on Thursday for a preview of the Week 3 Raiders game back at Nissan Stadium. All right. We'll be back next week. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.